0: Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Behind the Sermon podcast. We had quite the racy adventure this Sunday from Pastor Nate giving us our, what'd you say it was, 19... 19- 1920s. No, PG. no, it was. Ni- they, they didn't, didn't have, they have, movie have PG ratings. back uh, 1980s. 80s. That's it. PG
2: message. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you may I, not want your kids to listen to it. That was the. Yeah. But my, you know, my, my 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 twelve-year-old was in the room. So.
1: Which I I do think I think you did a great job talking about such a sensitive topic and it was it was super clean even reading scripture like when you read through um songs of solomon you're like and yes that does mean exactly like you you don't need to go any farther but you kept like okay we know exactly what you're talking about but um so let's i I figured one thing that would be kind of cool to talk through so if people don't know again we started this podcast for a couple of reasons, to take the conversation deeper, but also to help people understand like how we structure our sermon series and how we work through all that. So, this week was not initially in the plan. We talked, and, yep. and we added a couple of weeks. Um, you just want to talk through like like why you felt like you wanted to to extend this even longer. I I think the very first week of this podcast, we talked about having
2: too much content in a sermon. Yeah. And so, this is an example of that. I had, and I mentioned it in the podcast last week, I had a sermon outline, um, pitfalls in marriage, forgetting your human, forgetting your lovers, forgetting your, your uh, friends. And when I started to put it together it was too much in one week. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we got to we're going to split this out because we need a whole week to talk about what we talked about yesterday, pitfalls in marital intimacy, which would have been one point in the message forgetting that right. you're lovers. Mm-hmm. And so if you take the 35 minutes from yesterday, which we could have gone longer. Mm-hmm. Like I could have probably split that up into two weeks. Yeah. That's the motivator for that. We don't want to just distribute information. We're trying to bring God's Word to God's people, allow there there to be time for heart change and transformation. And that just doesn't work if we're rushing through, throwing a whole bunch of information at people. So then we added in another week because I preached a message at Portsmouth Christian Academy in their chapel a couple weeks ago. And I just stayed with the pitfalls theme because we're in it, right? And then I'm like, "This is a great outline. We should probably use this." So pitfalls of the Christian life is getting in, added in just because we just kind of fell into that, yeah, into that sermon. And I'm like, "This is probably actually not. I think this will be good, but no, this is good. You know, this outline from Romans 12 is good. So we should
1: uh, share that with the church." I like that and, and because obviously We're going through This is the Marital intimacy um, Sermon We we have Also here We have Pastor Nate's wife Michelle And my wife Haley That are on the podcast As well Just so we can talk through It's not um, It's not all the The dude pastors Talking <laughs> about and Two weeks in a row On the podcast yeah. That's pretty good I mean You're yeah. making Colin jealous
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Ouch know.
1: um, But uh, one thing I like of you getting like, all right, this is too much. We need to get a little more pointed and talk through specific things is um, we had married people and non-married people that I was able to talk to after service where it spoke to to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really cool because you weren't just skipping over to where if you were categorizing every single thing as forgetting this in marriage, forgetting this in marriage. And you got really, you got really pointed even to talk through premarital sex and talking through all that. So I was able to have conversations with married people and single people that were like, this was really impactful to me. And so it sparked good conversation. So I think to, to it, prove your point a little bit, when, when you're not just dispersing all this information and you're able to get a little more pointed, I think people are, are able to get a lot more out of that. Right, so a single person wouldn't check out because you're just gonna cover all these bases of marriage. Are
2: you able to to tell us without without divulging people's personal (laughs) stuff that they shared with you? But what was impactful for the single person and for the married person that you Uh,
1: your reference? So your references to pornography and just talking through the idea of that that was like. Um, and obviously for first service, not obviously if you were at another occasion or went to second, but for our first service, we had Elliot had come up and read some scripture and for this one person, they just felt like those things combined really spoke to them for like, oh no, I'm, I'm going to overcome this. Like I'm going to yeah. work through this. And so they were able to share for the first time, even with me, that that was something they were working through, which is amazing yeah. that they're comfortable to do that. Um, and so I think if you had just gone blanket statement, you wouldn't have been able to hit on the like kind of the sub points of, you, you know, you talk through pornography in marriage, but obviously if you're not married, like the rules don't change. Right. So So that helped the person, um, realize and talk through it. So it's just kind of cool. I liked that that conversation could happen. Like we're in a marriage series, but single people are talking through Mm -hmm. different things that they're struggling through, which just goes to show if you're listening and you're hoping for God to change you in any message, it's, it's going to apply. So that's just pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I had, (laughs) I had
2: someone who was, uh, is it octogenarian? Is that someone who's in their 80s? Is that what you call
3: it? I have no idea. <laughs>
2: I've never what? heard of it. I'm like, what profession what, is that? in the world? Um, <laughs> what profession is But anyway, is that? I, had, I had people north of their 80s say, that was a really great message, Pastor Nate. So, <laughs> that's good. I don't know what the... Yeah. I think
3: it impacts everybody, right? Yeah. We're yeah. just, that's what we are as human beings. That's how God created us.
1: Absolutely. So do you want to talk through... You had kind of... um, No, I want to
2: hear from the ladies first. We've already talked a bunch. Yeah,
1: yeah, shut up. All right. (laughs) Stop (laughs) talking.
2: Open critique of the message. Was I way off base? Way wrong? Like, talk to us. I was the guy on stage. I was the husband. (laughs) Talk to us from the, the wives and female perspective.
3: I feel like it was the first message on, like, sex where it was geared to both genders. And previous, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I've grown up in the church and it, there's been so many messages preached by like, women, this is your job, do the right thing. And it's so overwhelming because we already have a lot of jobs and it's not supposed to be a job. And so it was nice to be like, feel like heard and understood as God created me and not just like how men feel. And it can be such a men driven topic and it doesn't need to be because we're us females are just the same. Like, we have our own desire.
0: Right. I. It's funny because we mentioned one of the big pitfalls in that is uh, the duty responsibility. And I remember a story when I was dating Jeremy, I knew somebody that we worked with during like a show and there was this whole thing. I don't even know what happened. It was just a conversation where she just like started talking about how she was bawling her eyes out on her honeymoon in the bathroom because she was terrified of sex and she was like talked about that. It was her duty. Like, this is what she's supposed to be doing as a wife now. And she was absolutely terrified. And I remember sitting there like heartbroken because I was fortunate to be raised in a home where like marriage and sex is a beautiful thing. But in another lens, I like totally shifted my perspective because I was like, how to, how the heck do you go in life and get so upset about something that is supposed to unify a marriage
1: and that was that was when you had mentioned it to me that was because the lens that was painted for her was sex is bad. Well, we that and
0: that like, it was her duty as gotcha. a woman right. to so, submit to her husband because it was what he desired. So she, desired. Like so she, she didn't have. Yeah, you've got
2: a few things, right? You've got. Um, you've got a. Was this person Christian?
0: She was raised Catholic.
2: Right. So similar. Mm-hmm. So what you have is a fear-based. Parenting, yeah. So, you know, if I'm going to keep my daughter from getting pregnant, th- this is bad. You will not do this. Yeah, this is yeah. not how a young Christian woman acts. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're married, and now and you've heard. Oh, that. this is a
0: you have guilt almost right, to like yeah
2: <laughs> guilt, and that is very very common. Yeah, and then you do have the other part of it where it's never talked about, it's never celebrated, and you're just told maybe from. um A parent or a grandparent who's never um, embraced this, or from a sister, or from another lady in church, and it's just, this is what you have to do. Yeah. And it's like... I think I would cry in the bathroom yeah. too. Yeah. yeah,
3: It's like a yeah. mixture of like growing up. It's a mixture of um, don't have sex, don't talk about it, bad, bad. And then you get married and it's like, now you have to do it. Yeah. It, it's like, be like a, a, a good person. Shift. <laughs> and it's very confusing. Yeah. Right. It's very confusing.
0: It also breaks down any like... When you don't have open communication with your children about that stuff, I feel like that puts a big fear and a hindrance in like shame and guilt. If something does happen outside of marriage where you don't feel comfortable talking to your parents about maybe a mess up or something like that. And that can create a bigger setback because they have the fear of like what the parents are going to do and they hide it. And so they keep living in a sin without having any parents to guide them through a problem that they're dealing with.
2: Right. We I start my sex talk with my kids at eight years old, and mm-hmm. I remember with one of them. So I have three over the age of eight now. So you yeah. don't know who I'm talking about, but I remember one of them. Uh, we're driving in my truck, <laughs> as all conversations happen with me. And uh, I said, "Hey, do you know, do you know what sex is?" He says, "Yeah." I said, "Well, what do you know?" He says, "It's bad." And I'm like, "No, actually, no. It's not bad. God made it." And he mm-hmm. was like, just like his eight year old brain was like. <laughs> Which he had no idea really what it was. He just knew the word. Like, it was a bad word. Mm. And I'm like, no, it's not a bad word. And um, and something God made. And and so we start having that conversation, you know, not going into any of the health class idea, but just like breaking that stigma in an eight-year-old. Like, we can say that word. We can... We could talk about. It. You can ask questions. You can you can ask me where babies come from, and I'm not gonna freak out or make jokes about it. I'm right. just gonna say, hey, we're not gonna talk about that right now because we're at the superintendent's house. Why don't we? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll do that later. Hey, we're maybe not gonna talk about famous. that right now. We're we're in the middle of a funeral. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about
1: that later. But they so... always
3: want to talk about it at weird spots, <laughs> and you're like, oh wait, no, <laughs> no, no.
1: no, no. That's probably maybe it's just their trigger of like what. What can distract me from how terrible I feel right now? Hey, I'm gonna ask it with but, <laughs> to make
0: my parent feel so the in same. in that
1: conversation that you have, though, how do you how do you spin it that they wait? How do right? So they say, "Yeah, I know what it is. It's bad," and I think it's good that you say, "No, it's not bad. It's good. God designed it." So now, how do you? Like how do you finish the conversation? So Just... I
2: I'll immediately set the framework so at eight years old. No, it is something that, that God made for a husband and a wife mm. to to love each other and to and to and to enjoy. Yeah. As always, God made it. And that's probably about the end of the conversation. Then we we I do have conversations with them about then the practical um you know about I think we probably had some of this conversation earlier, but uh, the good touch, bad touch, I don't use that language, but, yeah. um, you know, about privacy, conversations about um, pornography. Right. I think the average kid, uh, are they exposed by six years old or ten years old? I should have looked that up. I think it's up.
3: like six or seven. Mm.
2: So having the conversation of, so young. hey, if you see a naked picture of someone, um... What would you do? How would you respond? Here's how I want you to respond. Come talk to me. You don't have to be embarrassed of it. Mm -hmm. Um, As they get a little bit older, talking about the temptation of wanting to see those pictures, um, of what will happen if you, you know, because every kid has a phone now. So yeah. here's what happens if someone tries to show you something. Here's what's gonna happen when you tell them no. They're gonna accuse you of being of being gay, and yeah, um, and just always come talk to me right away. And then I do checkups with them. Yeah. Hey, have you seen anything inappropriate? No, even you, you know anybody? Have you seen naked pictures? Have you? Yeah. And uh, I'm asking little kids that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my I'm asking my youngest. I love kids that, those though, questions because
1: then it's not this this weird thing to. To bring up all of a sudden when they're like, I feel like they're exposed at that age, but the age it comes out is 16, 17. They've had 10 years of this habit forming addiction and now all of a sudden someone asks or now all of a sudden they catch them and it's just, there's no way to have a healthy conversation. So I just like that idea. I hate that idea, like I'm gonna have to talk to Levi about that. So much younger than my thought process, like, right. is ready for. I'm not ready to talk to a six or seven year old. I mean, I guess you're waiting till eight, so that works. But well,
2: we we that's where we start um, using the word sex, and um, but we have conversations about, hey, not everything on YouTube's good, so yeah. you can't use yeah. YouTube on your own. Got like you. So when you're going to use, and we have, they don't know this, but I don't let my kids use other people's phones. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to let them just grab yeah. some 20-year-old guy's phone and then he sees naked pictures of the guy's girlfriend yeah. Yeah. or the last Google Chrome that it was on yeah. or his YouTube Reels shorts that he's been watching. Right. Yeah. So we're pretty deliberate about that. Like, no, you yeah. can't use someone else's phone you can yeah. use our phones when we tell you to, but
0: yeah. when, that's good. one thing I had, I was thinking too, is like, how do we, cause our culture, like, I mean, it accepts everything that's like with pornography, it sexualizes a lot of things in, in America and just where we're at today. But like w- how, maybe we should talk about like the damages of that and how hard it can be in families if it's accepted. And it's something that is not,
3: talked about or mm. the problems it can create in the family. Yeah. I mean, it's an addiction yeah. and people are light about it, but it's a, it, an addiction that absolutely. people get therapy for. And, um, and most of the time they come for therapy because it's affecting their marriage. Yeah. Not because the wife's upset. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's, I can't perform in a bedroom because I have this fake wow. idea of yeah. what, you know, I've this also, is, I've
1: heard, that you you grow numb as well so you keep looking for things that are more and more graphic. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so you get to a point where a normal right which is almost like what sin is in in its very form like take something good and I'm going to push it so far to the extreme that you can't even recognize it anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah and that's that you like forget. what
1: people fall into. You start watching it and maybe it looks like it's you know it's a movie, you know, love scene and, like, that's what it looks like, which is, like, the fantasy version. But then you keep going, keep going, keep going, and people talk through, like, that's everyone who's into now child pornography and all these things. Yeah. Like, they started on something very basic, and they had to keep going into the, like... To change sin it. just get you... It, it, has mm-hmm. it has to twist. It has to twist it in a way that makes it yeah. so unhealthy, and so...
3: It has to get better. It's just like alcohol. You start with one drink when you're 21 for fun. Yeah. And then, you know, then it goes somewhere else, and then it doesn't make you feel good anymore so you got to drink more right. and it stops working so you drink more until you're so deep into it you're in the ICU trying to get off of drinking yeah it's the same concept
2: the i think the one thing is when we go if we talk about just the extreme of it uh then people are like wow yeah i'm not i'm not doing that um but what they don't I'm just they just don't understand. So maybe the danger is not that you look at you start looking at child pornography, right. but um, even if you just maintain where you are right now and never look at more graphic or disturbing images, um, it still is deeply affecting your ability to you know, within marriage to receive every blessing that God has from you. Mm. Because you'll be forced to demand. You'll try to use your spouse as, um, you know, to reenact. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so then you're not even enjoying your spouse. You're trying to live in this outside world. In some fairy
3: tale. Yeah.
2: Um, You end up um, not um, being able to be aroused by your spouse. Because, again, because of just all the images that you're polluted with. So, looking at pornography, what that does for uh, for impotence, what it does for dissatisfaction, what it does, and then and then the kind of the worst thing is if you're going through a cold spell in your marriage, to then introduce that and say, mm. oh, let's bring in, yeah. You're, what you're doing is bringing in another person, though it's virtual. Let's bring in, let's, uh, you know, let's watch these things. Yeah. And and right now, and I, I've said this for a couple of years, our definition of pornographic has changed. And so a yeah. lot of the HBO shows, right. mm-hmm. and those yeah. are pornographic. Absolutely. And Absolutely. we just like, whoa,
1: oh, it's on TV. It's yeah, not pornographic. Right. Um, it and, got a TV rating and right. now it's, now it's supposed to be something that's normal. Yeah. And that, I and I would
2: say to the spouse, because the, um, there's a growing number of females who are addicted to pornography. Mm-hmm. So for the husband whose wife is trying to introduce this or, you know, t- don't, not not don't back down, but don't, don't allow it in. All right. Keep fighting mm-hmm. for it to be the two of you and vice versa for the wife whose husband is trying to introduce this. Don't give in on that, protect the marriage bed. And then, you know, and then on either side, like you got to go to counseling. you got to, why am I trying to introduce this into the relationship? And I've heard all kinds of crazy stories about what couples do um christian couples um being um uh wife swapping um oh am oh. uh, good <laughs> having open relationships this yeah. is christian couples i've heard this from That's crazy i mean this is me. reasons why pastors have lost their credentials um oh my God. it's just all kinds of wildness
1: i f- i I don't know why I'm ever surprised, but I'm always surprised. I'm like, come on! I thought I thought we were I thought past this community of Christianity was safer. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean. Like, well, <laughs> I know. It's just so so sad. Well, we're, right? all,
0: we're all broken people. Yeah, it's Corinthian
2: true. Church. All right, right. Paul writing to Corinthians. Hey, uh, just as uh, FYI, um, that guy who's having sex with his uh, stepmother you shouldn't be allowing that in your church. Right. <laughs> and then, so that's right there. Right. Early church. Uh, early church. It starts like, somewhere.
3: Oh. I, the devil will try to get in anywhere. He yeah. doesn't care if it's good. He's going to distort Sometimes it. Sometimes it might
0: even go, as going to a pastor, he's he's attacking the church. Right. Like, yeah.
1: This is just a side note, but I had listened in a study, like the, the letters that Paul had written are almost designed to be read out loud in a church function yeah 100 percent. that's how right. they you just picture like that church like if they didn't proofread i'm just picturing like they didn't proofread they're there that guy's in the front row greetings to
2: <laughs> aquila and greetings to my brothers and please take care of timothy and stop sleeping with your stepmother <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everyone just slow and To the guy they know is feeling like. I just make sure like, Some of the things he writes Must have been wild To read in the setting
2: Well you think about even the in. Old
1: Testament Alright mm-hmm.
2: so the stuff that they would Read out loud in the setting Today we're going to read from Ezekiel and you, oh whore, <laughs> you have prostituted yourself before Almighty God. And I know uh,
3: we think we're so clever nowadays. We've been well, doing we're it so, for years. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. we're so
2: prudish. So I yeah. read the Bible, a Song of Solomon that's talking about oral sex. That's that, that uh, allusion <laughs> that I read yesterday. And it's like, how dare you? I'm like, I, uh, this was God, God <laughs> right. Almighty put this in the Bible. I only just read what he
1: wrote.
3: When you were reading it, I definitely blushed. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what is happening? So true though. Like if you think about it, it's kind of
0: incredible to think that the God of the universe created sex and pleasure. And it's like, that's cool. I want to know him. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. Well,
1: it was yeah. The, I forget there was a preacher that said that. It's so that true though. Of, like, I think, like, don't you want to know, know God the God that created something like,
0: that. Something right. like, like that, <laughs> that, that no one can like fathom
3: how it happens. It just does. And All the feelings we seek after. God, God has to answer it. Yeah. For, but we're just like, eh, he doesn't know. He's up there. Yeah, yeah.
2: So God's the designer. That was the roller coaster illustration yeah. that I yeah. mm-hmm. tried The shoulder, the shoulder harness, the seat belt. Like I don't need that. That's old so fashioned. That's stupid. I don't yeah. need that. Next thing you know, you're thrown off of the ride. <laughs> And severely injured, and we just don't think, no, I can, I can pursue this without God's design and without God's safety harnesses. It won't hurt me. And what happens? I mean, depression on the rise, anxiety mm-hmm. on the rise, mm-hmm. suicide on the rise, um, STDs, <laughs> STDs on the rise, Child, uh, fatherless homes on the rise.
3: Yeah,
2: and 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 so all of a sudden we have all this damage, and and we won't even recognize. Oh, it's because I'm living outside of. God's design yeah how much pain self-image yeah. um, would we have averted if we just said okay God uh, I, I see this amazing ride that you've created and um, I'll wait till I'm tall enough <laughs> I'll, I'll wait until I hit the height limit and you know and you say okay you can ride it now and sometimes we're so close. Yeah, I remember when we went to Disney and Benton was so looking forward to going on his first Upside on Roller Coaster and we knew he was just a little bit too short, but we had a plan to wear like triple socks, but we forgot, <laughs> but we forgot. And so we got to the ride. And I'm like, oh, no. He didn't stack his hair It was height. like a Come slither. over here. Let me crack your back. Like, we're and he gets there, and his hair is touching it. But that lady, it's just like if we would have had probably a different person working, he'd have oh, got yeah. it in. And he was just like, no, you can't go. Sorry. And we're like, oh, buddy, you're so close. I'm so sorry. And so, even if you're engaged and you're so mm-hmm. close, yeah. even if you're a loving, committed relationship and you're so close, I'm sorry, you gotta wait another year or or, or three weeks. Like <laughs> right. the choice is up to you, but right. you gotta wait a little bit longer. If you to drop the longer, five grand
1: on the wedding, you can wait another uh, uh, year. Yeah, right? until you um,
2: <laughs> uh, until you meet the requirements that God says, right. and then you get to ride on it. And it's funny.
3: You don't get hurt or smack yeah. your head on things. Yeah, you don't feel guilty afterwards. <laughs> that can be taken.
2: Yeah, you shouldn't feel guilty afterwards. Yeah. It, you know. So talk about this. Uh, t- I'll talk about this because I was thinking about this on the drive-in this morning. Um, not every, because um, I think one thing that um, that left people feeling lied to is that You're told your whole life, oh, wait until you're married and sex will be amazing. Wait until you're married Mm -hmm. and then your wedding night. And that's not the truth Yeah. because the Mm -hmm. wedding night could be a fearful wife and you are going to care for her Yeah. and you're not going to consummate the relationship that first night because she's too afraid. It -hmm. could be physical problems. It could be just you're both virgins. You're both... You you know you're both you've never praise God but you've never looked at pornography maybe neither parent
1: ever spoke <laughs> to you and so you're just there like it's like the married and what married do first we do when they're like trying to kiss for the first time in their life and it's just like so cringy to watch you're like, what? It's so happening. there could be there could be there could be some of
2: that but the so driving in this morning it's like not every not every. Not every time with your spouse is going to be a top 10 rated roller coaster. Yeah. Mm. Right. All right. Sometimes there is the canopy corkscrews, like things are a little <laughs> bit clunky, things don't work. But if you're communicating and you say, hey, I didn't like this, or I did like this, or, you, you know, here, I've got this other problem going on in my life and it's affecting us here. If you'll ha- be able to have that conversation, yeah. then eventually, You know, you're not going. Eventually, things turn from um, from being uh, like uh, the Rochester Fair, all right, to to Cedar Point. And what I mean is the quality of the experience. So even the the worst roller coaster at Cedar Point is better than the best roller coaster at the Rochester Fair. And uh, and so you just keep you just keep working at it and I mean, we're 15 years in marriage, but everything that I hear is the next 15 years, it gets even better as far as marital intimacy. Like, it just mm. keeps building upon each other, and as you grow and get closer, and and you, and you just learn even just how to communicate about household chores, and you forgive each other for stupid stuff that you've done, and then that closeness keeps even growing further and further and further, and the depths joys of marital intimacy. Again, we're still young, but it it just it's like compounding interest.
1: Mm, that's cool.
2: It doesn't grow by addition; it grows by multiplication and interest points. And you find yourselves, you know, marital billionaires
1: by the <laughs> end of it. Yeah, yeah. I do like to like you even because you did premarital counseling with Haley and I. Like. I remember we talked about it after like, that was an awkward conversation. but, when, but More awkward than this one? Yeah. <laughs> no, this no. one seems way more normal now because, you know, it wasn't you talking to us who are not married, like, but it was very like, hey, just like, you know, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. It also could not be. And yeah. don't be disappointed in yourself. <laughs> just like the, the yeah. Which is the one side you didn't mention to me, like, this is how it could go. It could just end really abruptly and you say i'm sorry yep <laughs> right? like, that, was like that was fast but that was it's over really,
3: it's
0: over what happened
1: 20 years for this <laughs> oh my God, So uh, yeah that's like the other the other
2: side of it too but that's uh, part of again that's part of the joy yeah of absolutely. waiting that um that a lot of people are missing out on
0: i think yeah. we the laughed so much <laughs> on our honeymoon yeah we did
2: laugh a lot yeah, the joy of failure, right? The joy of
3: <laughs> also like learning clunkiness. together. Yeah, learning you right. together. You miss that, right? You if you know you're sexually active for so many years and you marry someone who isn't, like you didn't get to yeah. learn together. Yeah. One's experienced right. and one's like, what are we doing? And that's yeah.
2: the and that's the other part of it too, right? So the conversation I think was in the podcast last week or a couple of weeks ago of um you need to. um how do you know you're compatible sexually? Oh right.
3: I got that question so much
0: in yeah, beauty yeah. Yeah. school. Yeah, so, so did I. So I was I've been married
3: to you for 15 years almost, and I still, when people find out I've only <laughs> ever had sex with you, they are like, alone. Yeah. <laughs> but what yeah. if he isn't great? Yeah.
0: I'm like, what? <laughs> they made fun of me so hard in beauty school for that. I'll yeah. never forget so it. the
2: one response, you know, for the for the the single virgins. All right, and um. We have a different response for the married virgins. (laughs) 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 For the single virgins. (laughs) um, The comeback is, well, first off, they'll be the best you've ever had because they're the only person you've ever had. So that's usually usually kind of stops people in their tracks to be like, oh. Yeah. Okay. But then the other part of it is, again, it's the privilege – of learning together. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, maybe you are both terrible. Maybe you do have to go to mycounselor.online and and get, and and see a, a sexual health professional and get counseling and, and, and um, maybe you have to see a doctor, all right? Maybe you do. But again, that's gonna build the bond of your marriage right. because you work through those problems together as opposed to bringing m- bitterness into the marriage where you think, I should have stayed with that old partner. Right. I should have yeah. I wish I would I, I'm gonna be with this person physically, but mentally I'll pretend I'm with that person, and I think again, those are some of the unintended consequences that yeah. we
1: that we never that we never think through When it's a little bit of a story, but when I was younger, the first person that I ever had a kiss with was someone who had kissed many other people beforehand um and I remember it like. That was so awkward for me um, because we didn't date after. Uh, because it was obvious, like, I didn't even want to because I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. Like, I've, I've never done this. And and I had known that she had. And it made this really awkward time where I didn't even feel comfortable. to. Like, I, I don't even remember how old I was. I was a little kid didn't even feel comfortable to tell her. Like, I don't know if I'm like whatever. And you think about the pressure added for if that's sex. Yeah. You, you, you try and have sex and then, you know, they've probably had great sex before you and you don't know how, how are you going to have that conversation? Like Haley and I talk a lot, um, like just to communicate, like, well, what's, you know, whatever, what's working, what isn't like trying to talk through that. I don't think we'd be that comfortable if we knew that we had another partner at one point, because then it's the same thing you brought up, like, okay, well, what, what that last person do? Like that type of idea, which is so. So we
2: should stop right there and talk about the person dealing with those insecurities. Yeah, Yeah. Right? So there's a dynamic in our conversation is that my only sexual partner has been Michelle and so, and right. same for her, and same for you guys. So, we have mm-hmm. a, we're, we, well, what we're trying to do is not put guilt on people. Right. right. Yeah, w- what we're trying to do right now is cast vision for the person who's feeling temptation. Yeah. All right. For right. the 26 year old who's still a virgin who's thinking, why in the world am I still waiting? Yeah. Uh, for the 14 year old who's thinking, yeah, but, you know, that's great my pastors say this, but they're all, we're trying to just give a healthy vision for those. If, you had a more than one sexual partner if you're married and both of you have a past i just want to i just want to reiterate. i said this is a message but i just want to reiterate you are not less than all yeah. right there's there's things you wish you could have done different you can't now god restores Um, God can renew your mind in both your relationships. So, you're not dealing with that insecurity. You're not doing comparison of the past. The past can be that past, and God can bring a newness in that relationship. So, don't live in regret right now, because regret would probably be another pitfall. All right, So, you'll never be able to enter into the joy that God has for you in this, because you're just stuck in that past, or you're having bitterness at your uh, spouse for this past, bring it before the cross, let Jesus forgive you, and then now you just live today for today. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Michelle?
3: No, yeah, regret and shame don't move us forward. Yeah. So it's just it. what it, it was, right? It's part of the story, but it's not part of the future. And
2: then mm-hmm. I would say you as well openly cast vision to those who don't, who aren't married yet. Mm-hmm say listen I've made mistakes. Yeah. Pastor Nate and 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 Michelle, Pastor Jeremy and Haley, they're telling you the benefits of of waiting. Now let me let me speak to the other side of that cuz maybe you think they're old fashioned and they don't get it. Let me speak to the other side of it. I live differently than they did mm-hmm. and here and and it caused me pain and regret yeah. it caused us to have some extra things to work through. So I didn't live the way they did, but I wish I did. And use that like be open to have that yeah. conversation yeah. with your teenagers and mm-hmm. with um you know with your nieces and nephews uh, to just be able to, because if we're both speaking from both sides of this, what a great, you know, how much that adds to another person
1: deciding to say, all right, I'm
2: going to follow yeah. God mm-hmm. in this area of
1: my and life. What a what a great way to own that forgiveness that Jesus gives by openly, I'm going to pass test, tense this so far that people will understand, like... I'm. I can talk about it. I'm so removed from it because I've been forgiven from Jesus that I can openly talk about it. I won't even. You know, I'm not crying out of shame, crying out of guilt. Like right. you can own that. Yeah, you are. You
2: are forgiven. Right. If mm-hmm. you have, and I assume you have, you are forgiven. Yeah. Um, to cast vision here a little bit. Um, I don't know how long ago, ten, ten years ago, twelve years ago, I was. Um, at a seminar and so was a pastor about my same age leading the seminar and he 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 talked about this and and i i don't believe he's lying you and i i know his name i know the church he's at so you can call him yourself if you think i'm lying or if you think he's lying he uh the first female he ever saw naked in his whole life was his wife on his wedding night he never he never looked at pornography. He never um, watched a movie. Uh, and then I think the, kind of the amazing thing is he was never exposed to it, right? Because I didn't yeah. have a choice. I was in third grade the first time someone showed me pornography. So I didn't have a choice. I didn't know. It's like, yeah. oh, look at this. And then you just look at it. Yeah. And so I didn't have that. I didn't have that choice. And so... Again, it's just cast a vision for that for the for the 13-year-old who hasn't looked at pornography yet to just think just to even just consider that moment like to I, again, just to cast a bigger vision yeah. like don't just say, say I'm curious so I'm going to go google a bunch of stuff but have a bigger have a bigger vision for your for your life and for what's possible. Mm-hmm. You that can be awesome. that unicorn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so, Should I'm we just, beat up some husbands? I was going to say, we, have, we <laughs> haven't talked through much. Um, Let's talk about demanding. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Let's talk about demanding.
2: Um, wives, I don't know. I mean, you've got you've got lots of people talk about the heartbreak from a wife whose husband's demanding sex or what that does. Why, why that's a pitfall. Why, why not to do that?
3: Right. Well, I I think think
0: you go, I was just going to say, I think it just pushes the wife further back. It's, there's no connection. There's no intimacy. Like it's sex. There's no intimacy in that. And when someone's forcing their, their sexual drive on you, the per, I feel like there's so much beauty in sex when it is obviously mutual, it's biblical. So when someone is forcing it on somebody else without the desire or the love that you were even talking about, it, it completely disconnects you. Um, like, I think we've worked, we've been really good in our marriage where we haven't had, we've always just like, yeah, we're, we're in it <laughs> we're together. Yeah. We're mutual with our desires. Whereas I, I don't, I think I haven't really met besides that woman. I had mentioned oh. earlier that she just felt like his, he had a demand and she had a duty and that
3: was just, um, heartbreaking to hear. Yeah. I think it doesn't bring safety into your marriage. No. Oh, yeah. And so like when you say it, not thinking about a marriage you he forced me to have sex that's rape yeah and but for some reason in our head when we're married it's not and like that book we read it did talk about that and it was like i've never thought of it that way because it is a duty right but when you're forcing yourself on someone or forcing someone to do something they don't want to do that's wrong it's very wrong and it brings hurt and it brings, um, fear and it, it's just not safe. It doesn't bring safety into no. the marriage at all. And so you're, like Haley said, you're pushing further away. And I mean, even I think women can demand too. I've, oh, I've yeah. seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same for him. It's wrong and we can't demand things of people. Um, it's easier to slow down, come alongside them, see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't force it, but yeah. it does, it does, um. I mean, it, it just probably destroys marriages.
2: Instead of, you know, like demanding, like, we're going to do this this many times a week, you'd be better off to not have sex over the next couple of years and cultivate a relationship mm. where then there's mutual desire, mutual benefit yeah. for the rest of your life, yeah. it, you know? Um Uh, prayerfully wouldn't last that long, but to just stop demanding and uh, get counseling and rebuild that relationship over the next few years till there is desire, there is joy, there is love, and and then there is forgiveness for how you've acted. You
3: have to cultivate that Safety within the marriage because it's such such a vulnerable experience, and I mean even being married for so long, it can still be like this is this is uncomfortable, (laughs) you know. Like as we just have our own insecurities or things that we're working through, but when we can pause and work together, it's safe and then it's fun, Mm -hmm. and it's not anything to be fearful of.
1: Yeah, not to mention like like. Because I feel like this, this stigma is more that the husband would be the one demanding. You think through, I feel like most of the time, and even in our conversations, with, like me and Haley, that we've had is like, the feeling of having to demand, there's, there's probably another underlying reason that you need to work through. So if you're having to demand intimacy, it could be the internal thought of the wife could be, um, oh, so now you want my attention. You didn't right. want to listen to me at all when I wanted to tell you when I was having an emotional breakdown trying to talk to you. You didn't want to listen, but now I'm important to you, right? right. And now, all of a sudden, that's like the twist. So, like working through um, those different things. But we've even we've known people to where the husband will go into kind of what you preached about the last week too. Demand no withdrawal, and now well, I'm gonna do. Whatever I want. Now. Yeah. Join, join and, whenever you want, but I'm Yeah. And then go, they withdraw
3: know. until they demand again. Yeah. And so it's just this like unhealthy right. cycle this crazy over cycle. and over. It, like a pitfall goes into another pitfall <laughs> and it goes into another pitfall. <laughs> right. It's yeah. just, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, and it so. really is supposed to be fun. And I keep thinking of that comment you made about the roller coaster. How it can be something that's been created yeah. to be so, so fun, fun be so yeah. awful? And it's like, it's so true. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or it's even absolutely. The way, it's the way great analogy. It. Where, yeah.
1: And then we get off we say, Let's do that again. Like that was, <laughs> like, do you want to ride again? <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah, hey, you want to ride again? But um, yeah,
3: it becomes fun and playful and.
1: But most of the time, like, because you said to beat up the husband, so I'm trying not to spin it in, um, them being attacking. Like the husbands really need to think through if you have to constantly demand. What are the other areas like? Why do you feel like you have to push for this? Do you do you not care about yourself at all so you're not investing in yourself so then because a wife wants to see the person they're with care about themselves so then you know you want to invest in yourself like even that can add to intimacy because that's how we're perceiving each other like when Haley and I are having good conversation unrelated to sex but if we're communicating Mm. well we can be more intimate later and so, if you find yourself always demanding, chances are there's an underlying cause that you need to talk about. Right. And if you're like, "Well, you know, mate, we're just in this dry spell, right?" I've I've come to accept this is just what marriage is at this time of our oh, life. Yeah, we're supposed right? to get just, in
3: separate twin beds now.
2: Right, my
1: grandparents
2: had separate twin beds, and then eventually they had separate bedrooms because my grandfather snored so much. But the whole time I grew up, they had tw- they had twin beds. Mm-hmm. And going back, so if I'm like. Okay, I was five years old, 35 years ago, so they were in their 50s. Are oh you God. for real? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's
0: so that's
2: sad. That's so sad. And I
3: thought that's like you get older and you don't anymore, but biologically, you should want to more i always find it yeah, so maybe
2: not as frequently it frequently but, but, but more and
3: passionately yeah yeah and my favorite was the older people and i won't name names but yeah like when you'd say something like about sex they'd be like amen yeah <laughs> I, was like, yes. I don't know
2: if i said this on the podcast but i was greeted at the uh door a couple years ago after a similar type message and uh the uh, AARP member said to me, oh, pastor, I'm a very blessed woman.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, praise the Lord. we want to share that on <laughs> Testimony Tuesday. <laughs> I post
1: that on Facebook. That is so <laughs> AARP funny.
2: That's member.
1: Great. That's great. But that's a great... That's I'm a not, testimony. That's it, it is. So so t- yeah.
2: That should be a testimony Tuesday. So, I know you're listening. Please, <laughs> hashtag...
1: Had <laughs> a great ride last night. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. good. All right. Well, that's what we have for time today. So, uh, what is next week that we're talking through? Uh, pitfall.
2: Pitfalls in mental health. In mental health. Awesome. So, week Mental health crisis. We're dealing with it. We, everybody's struggling with it. I mean, most everybody's struggling with it. And what we don't realize is that we're making some decisions that are actually driving us into a crisis. Yeah. And uh, so we we'll talk about talk about three of those pitfalls,
1: and hopefully it'll be helpful. Awesome. And then I know this is kind. Of, this was kind of part two. So you guys already in the last podcast went through some books. But oh. are there any other books that we that weren't mentioned, or maybe ones that are so important we did mention last week that we should mention again well, for people to learn? So
2: I didn't mention this book last week, um, but the the uh, Christian book, which was honestly a big help toward the um, toward this series. Um, it was uh, the Great Sex Rescue. And if you're, for any of our pastors who are listening, if you're on the pastor's page, you've probably seen people post about it, because ever since it was written, people have been posting about it on all the pastor's oh. pages. Is this a new book? Uh, it's a couple years old. Maybe mm. it was, it might have been 2018, I'm trying to remember. Oh. But, uh, so it's been around a while and people have been posting it, um, Every time there's a Kindle sale on it, like it's like get it for two ninety nine on Kindle. Oh, People, yeah. it goes to another post. Like, hey, it's it's on sale again, and then there'll be like a hundred comments underneath it. Like, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. It's a good book, and uh, so it's really helpful. It talks through the 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 Christian teaching that's way off base, and it talks through a bunch of marriage books that I have on the shelf behind me that have dangerous teaching in them, <laughs> and then it rates and then it rates their marriage books by um uh by uh I don't know by,
3: like big biblical standards
2: yeah by by helpful teaching and biblical teaching that's so cool. the book we mentioned last week. Boundaries in Marriage was like one of their top rated books. So how it talks about sex within that book, does it talk about it from only the male's vantage point? Does it talk about it being mutually beneficial? Oh, does it talk that breakdown? So either. they rate all these marriage books. That's cool. And uh, there's some they're trying to get pulled off the shelf. And some wow. big names, like um, uh, I'm pretty sure Love and Respect, which wow. is one we've all heard of, yeah. is, is like the lowest rated. Christian book. Wow! And so they they've been trying to get, uh, I think, focus on the family to like either revise the book or take it off the shelf (laughs) because some of the language in there is so detrimental. Wow! So anyway, I recommend that book for sure. Awesome! Mm. And recommend my my counselor online Christian marriage counseling on also Christian uh, sex counseling. So. You don't have to be you don't have to be stuck and you don't have to keep fighting and you don't have to give up uh, pay for counseling yeah. figure it out and um, yeah and then this podcast we listen to it yeah send us if you send us a lot of questions we'll do another podcast like this um, we'll do bonus episodes Absolutely. If you send us questions we'll talk it through so um, we want to be helpful to you.
1: Yeah, you could just and message weird. the church on either either Facebook or Instagram or hello at Restoration Church if you have any questions. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Michelle, thanks for joining us two weeks in a row. You're welcome. Haley, it's thanks fun. for joining us two weeks in a row. Absolutely. it's good. We'll do a lot more.